Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want to. All right, everybody. What's up, Dog Nation? Uh, man, thrilled to uh, welcome you all in tonight. Right about the time we need to. Um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Before the Hedges is actually called tonight. After the Hedges, we are welcoming a very special guest, Kathy Thomasinio. Um, we're bringing in national champion, University of Georgia, offensive lineman, offensive tackle, Jamari Sawyer. Only yeah. mama's We'll be proud of this young man. Into uh, the house tonight. We we call this before the hedges every week, but n- not tonight. Not tonight. It's after the hedges. Yeah, I like uh, that. Bonafide, real OGs. <laughs> Jamari Sally. and I mean, I mean, geez, Jamari, we've got a million things to talk about. Um, first of all, folks, let's do this. Welcome this young man in. I mean, you hadn't seen him in a minute. He's dazzled at national championship mm-hmm. at Sanford Stadium, at the Combine, at his pro day. He's wearing his Georgia sweatshirt. I didn't tell him to wear his Georgia sweatshirt. That's just who he is. Cool. Um, we're going to talk all things Jamari. And, uh, hey, again, I'm going to do this reporter thing for a little bit, and then you guys can talk to Jamari. Ask him anything you want to within reason, and we will see what he has to say about it. Um Jamari, what's this been like, man? I mean, you probably got some intel from Aziz and Andrew. You know what this is like, Solomon. But what has it been like actually going through it? Yeah, so uh, for me, it's kind of been special. You know, uh, it's been a really special. Um, I think these last few months have kind of just been like, like a blur. You know, like one minute you're in Miami, then the next minute you're in um, – Every Indianapolis in the next minute, you're back in the you're training. So, kind of special. I think for me, um, the thing looking back on it, always the connection between us. Uh, really connected, a really well connected group. Um, and it's, it's, that's what made us special. That's what made us the teams we played. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely love this team. I miss the guys in the locker room, I miss seeing them every single day. So, um, yeah, it made us different. Jamari, it's a cliche, but people say the journey is always more rewarding than the destination itself. And, man, I got to think about your journey. Nation's number one guard, didn't play immediately, had to wait your turn. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes bonkers. You start playing, you start playing offensive tackle, do a little Isaiah Wynn thing. And then <laughs> I, I would imagine – I would imagine you would not change a single thing about your Georgia career. Maybe, maybe not. How would you – I mean, was this the perfect script for your college career in Athens? I say it doesn't get much better. <laughs> uh, I say – um, I mean, knew, like, it was going to take some adjustment for me coming in. Just knowing me, the person that takes some adjustment coming in the door, a lot of talent, a lot of talented guys when I first got there. And so, um, for me, it was kind of um, – I wouldn't say it was a humbling experience, but it was, it, was something, it was something different. You know, I'd never really not played – so, um, but but the years that I didn't play is really where I grow the most as a player. Um, so for me, uh, I needed that, and so it was it was a perfect. I mean, you can describe it better as a perfect script. It ended the most perfect storybook way I could have imagined it. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, just looking back on it, I kind of get at a loss for words sometimes because you know 
I mean, just think about it. Like some, like sometimes it doesn't really hit you. Like, man, I want a national championship, but like, you know, when I'm now that we actually sitting here talking about, it, I actually sit and just think about that, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So I enjoyed my journey for sure. When are you gonna get that ring? Have you heard about that yet? When are you get the ring? I have no idea. I've heard different things. I've heard G Day. I've heard could possibly be after G Day. I have no idea, but I want. I'm ready to see it. I'm I'm ready. For it. I think that might maybe cemented in my head. You know that I'm that I'm champion, but uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm whatever they whenever they bring you here, I'm I'm gonna be here to get it. <laughs> it's not that. Jamari, let me say this from one of our great, great uh viewers, readers, people on Dog Nation. This is mm. Kathy. She was a mm. former SEC athlete uh at Ole Miss. I think she was the first female track athlete scholarship at Ole Miss. She's a huge wow. Georgia fan. Wow. She says, Let me thank you for being part of something I've dreamt of since I was 13 years old. I was at the Natty bawling my eyes out like thousands of other UGA fans. Thank you, thank you for the hard work, commitment, and dedication it took to bring that natty home. And she gave you a heart emoji, man. That's that's pretty solid. Thank you, Miss Kathy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you've done for, for the SEC. I appreciate you. It, it, what's the one moment, Jamari? Like, I know you're a, you're a visual storyteller type guy. If yeah. you had to Spielberg – and say, this is my national championship story. What's the moment that will we'll be with you when you're 82 years old and have 19 great-grandkids? Man, uh, you kind of taking me back there. I mean, it's just so many of them flooded to my head, you know? Like, you know, I remember being at the hotel. I remember seeing a stadium, like, riding up on the stadium. And just like, man, we're here. Like, you just get those butterflies. And it's like, all right, here we go. And it's, it's not even so much that it was butterflies. It was just like, like man, we're here, like. And I'm going back. So, you know, and that's where I wanted to be. There's no place they could have paid me a million dollars. That's no place else I wanted to be in that Lucas Oil Stadium that night. So uh, I remember before the game, I remember a lot, most of the plays on every drive. I remember um, the goal line uh, plays. I just remember everything. So for me, I think the thing that maybe sticks out the most to answer your question is probably just seeing my reflection in, this, in, in, the, in the trophy. Like that's something I'll never forget is just seeing my actual, my own reflection in the trophy. You remember seeing all the little dirty fingerprints on there. I just, I just the stuff I was thinking about in that moment. Um, I remember looking up and just seeing all those, the, all those people in the red and black just crying and stuff. And it's not something, it's not something I would have actually ever been prepared for. I'll put it like that. Like it was an overwhelming moment. It was an emotional moment. You could just kind of feel it in the atmosphere. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was something. If you had any advice for 17-year-old Jamari when he was moving into Athens, he could write a letter to that freshman self. What would you want to yeah. hit? What notes would you get for that guy? Uh, I tell him to be patient. Be patient mentally. Be patient spiritually. Be, be patient emotionally. Um, college is different. I tell him to get out more. Uh, I tell him don't be a homebody so much. Uh, tell him to get out more. Tell him, to, man, just, just taking every moment because – um, they go by really fast. I know it's the old cliche thing that most older people say to young people, but um, in this in this instance, it, it did. I mean, all of it went by fast. Um, so I tell them enjoy every moment. Don't take any day for granted. Um, just understand where you are. Understand how blessed you are to be in this moment because I mean, it's it's going, it's going, and it still is. So um, yeah, just I just tell them to enjoy it, man, because um, it's definitely something special. I do realize that now being removed is that that it's starting to hit me that that time was special the bonds i made were special the people i met were special the practices were special they sucked but they were special um and, and definitely saturday between the hedges and beyond this was definitely special so
Jamari, how's the conversation go with pro personnel, guard, tackle, center? Mm -hmm. Has it been a wide range of things? I know you're comfortable with whatever, but what do you think that they are projecting you to be? Yeah, so typically I get interior questions. Um, a lot of teams want to know if I have the ability to play center, and I have in game. I played in, like, Missouri, like Sega Ave. And so I play center in game, and that's what a lot of teams like to know is how often do you play center? Like, you know, I know we, you, we know you played in that one game. I think it was like a fresh – no, it was my sophomore year. Um, and so, you know, they often ask, like, how much center can you play? So, I, you know, I play center every day. I snap every day in practice. And so, uh, for me, that's not a hard question to ask. Do you feel comfortable there? And I was like, yeah, because I was – I mean, when I first got there, Coach Pittman put me at center as a freshman. Like, walking in the door, you no know, very minimal about plays. I had noise but to learn it or I'll be, you know, you know – torn up every single day, especially with the talent we had on defense line at that point. So uh, for me, it's kind of forced me to learn a playbook. And I hated it at the time, but it's one of the things that I'm like most thankful for. And I could thank him for it a million times if I, if I could see him. But um, yeah, him putting me at center and going through that that trial by fire basically kind of helped me. And so, yeah, I get a lot of questions about interior guard. Obviously, I feel really comfortable and natural there. Um, I feel really comfortable with left tackle, of course, and I feel really comfortable with right tackle. So I, I get all five, honestly. But uh, most, of the, most of the questions are kind of directed towards interior. Going back to the natty, um, when did you know the game was in hand? When did you know that – was there a break their will moment? Was there a we got it? Was there – it all came together in the huddle moment? When did you know? I think for us, uh, I don't remember exactly what happened before that drive. I know the drive, Stetson, Stetson got sagged. They called it a fumble, whatever. They went on offense. I think they scored. And for us, we like, man, we got, we got, like, I looked at off the line and said, we got to go win this game. Like, that's what it comes down to. We have to, like, physically abuse them and win this game. And they they have to like, we got to make them like it. And that's what it comes down to. We got to actually make them want to play the style of play we want to play. And so, um, for us, I, I kind of knew at that point, if we had went out there with that mindset and Coach Munkin gave us a chance to, like, actually beat them on the line of scrimmage, that we are going to win the game. And so that first drive, um, we came back out there. I think that's when James hit that long, that long, like 80, 80 some yard run. Um, and so from that point, I'm like, okay, like this is this is about to turn into our game. Cause I knew, and when it came to that 12 personnel lineup and just go downhill, like they they didn't want that type of game. And so we we knew that going into the game. And we and I Coach Munkin, Coach Munkin gave us a chance to make the game a lot more simpler, to put our best on their best and just see who was better. And so, and then when it was time to take our shots in the fourth quarter, we did because they were worried about us, you know, getting 12 personnel and running down their throat. So I think it's kind of from that drive. And then I remember I, I remember where I was standing because I, I, I replayed all of this in my head when I came back for the combine. And so I remember exactly where I was standing when Keely caught the pick. Um, I remember running down the sideline, getting ready to go back on goal line if we needed to. Uh, so, yeah, I remember all of it. And I remember I remember looking at Coach Luke. That's what I remember the most. Is I remember Keely got the pick. He ran it back. I think we were up by a little, over a touchdown at that point. And so uh, I'm like, I was going like, Coach, you finna win? You about to win? He's like, Clock, the game's not over yet. The game's not over yet. I'm like, Come on, Coach, loosen up. So he's, he's like, Game's not over. I just need to hit triple zero. So I remember all of that. I know I'm rambling, but it's a lot of emotion wrapped up in those moments. So uh, yeah. Tomorrow, you think you're rambling, but I think it's probably going to be the stuff that folks love the most about this conversation is just that. Yeah. Stream That's of content. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. That's right. People think it's an interviewer that asked the question. No, I just get you going. I just get you yeah. rolling downhill. That's what I do. For sure. Um, 
Do you think um, I got to ask you this? Um, and this is a sort of a recruiting question. Mm-hmm. But Jamar, you came in with the 2018 class, mm-hmm. and, and it was the Dog Nation folks. I even said this is probably the one that's going to do it. Seven mm-hmm. five stars. I think there were seven out of the top 50 players in the country. Yeah. Twelve in the top 100. Fifteen in the top 100. Mm-hmm. And that sucker flipped upside down. There's probably mm-hmm. six, seven of those guys that didn't even last two years. And yet that's got to be a little bit satisfying, but also on your script of that the national championship happened from those boys, Zeus, Mm -hmm. yourself, um, a lot of other guys, but it just came about in a totally different way. I mean, totally different. No Justin Fields, no Luke Ford, (laughs) Dave Mays, no, no Otis Reese. I mean, how, what was that journey like, man? It's crazy because, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this, like how different that class actually turned out to be um, from start to finish. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's the only thing I can really say. Everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, I love all those boys. Um, you know, we, we experienced things, went through things together that, you know, people don't understand being a Georgia football player just takes on a kind of a personality of its own. The dog days out there in the sun, the grind day in and day out. I mean, they, they understand that in the ways that other people won't. And so while people, you know, get upset with them on social media, you know, a lot of Georgia football players aren't, aren't like, you know, normally upset because at the end of the day, those people have a bond. Those guys that leave have a bond with us that's different from anything that people understand. So if they make a decision that's best for them, what can we do? Like be mad at them, you know? So at the end of the day, um, it did take a uh, – the class 2018 did kind of take on a personality of its own, but I think we wouldn't have won it any other way. Um, I think uh, for us – you know, it makes it 10 times more special that we did it as seniors. I mean, even for people like Julian, you know, and Schaefer, like the people that weren't a part of our class, but they're considered to be seniors or super seniors or whatever you want to call them. Like, like they, they're a part of our class now, you know. So for us, I mean, it's just, it's huge. It's huge and it, it makes it 10 times more special that we were the seniors that did it. And so I think that would be something that we'll all just, you know, bring our kids back one day and just, because Mark and I was about that, just the reunion, the 10-year reunion. Uh, he's talking about that. He's like, I'm excited to see you guys in 10 years. You bring back your kids. I can't wait. And so, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's special. Jamar, I know you're you're a fun group of guys. Yeah. I know you're really <laughs> close with these. You're close with Andrew. Oh, yeah. I get the feeling you're going to hold this over them. Like, every time you talk to them on vacations, you're going to be like, tell me about that. You're going to, like, flash that. I mean, what what is it going to be like being the one that earned the ring, man? What, what's that going to be like with that special brotherhood you have with those guys? I mean, <laughs> it's um, it's tough because you know Drew's got his accomplishment of his own. Aziz, of course, basically in the fourth quarter, pretty much single handedly won <laughs> the, the, the Peach Bowl. So you know they got their accomplishments of their own, but I just don't think they got anything that'll that'll compare to that ring, man. That ring is different, it's special. Um, but you know, I, I try not to kill him with it too much. I think I hit Drew with it one time. He's just like. What about first round? What about this? And I was like, all right, my bad, my bad, my bad. I ain't got a drive day yet. I can't mess with you yet. So, uh, but yeah, no, they 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 are all at the end of the day happy for me. They don't really, you know, do anything. Honestly, when I was at the Hawks game, uh, I think it was this past weekend, um, I saw Trey and Aziz there, and uh, Trey was trying to get me to take pictures with everybody. With the, take pictures with the national champ. He was over there advertising and stuff like that. So, hype man. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Basically, that's that's typically what Trey's role is in our friend group. So. Yeah, um, but I, they, they enjoy it. They're happy for me. They all congratulated me after the game. So, yeah. Jamar, does a national champion – I know you got the ring. I know you got all your gear. Do you ever get any merchandise? Do you ever, like 
I don't know, you've got the hat. Do you ever want to get like a license plate or like a figurine or anything like that? I mean, or does that? Wait, can I grab it? Real, do you mind if I grab it real quick? Because I just saw this. I don't know where this came from. I didn't bring this here. So I'll, I'll show it to you. Hold on, give me one second. Yeah, yeah, sure. We love visual aids here on After the Edges. Let's see. We got this this race car, and I don't. I didn't bring this here. I don't know where this came from, but I don't know if my mom brought this here. But it, it's got the the national championship Indianapolis on it. It's, it's a race car, so I didn't. I didn't wow. bring this wow. here, but yeah, this is. We I got this at some point, I guess, while I was in Indy. But uh, yeah, I guess if you if you want some type of memorabilia, that's. I mean, that'll be something I keep, but I just don't know how it got here. I didn't break here, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Jamari, I know players, especially in Athens, are like a circle. There's somebody that brought you under your wing, under their mm -hmm. wing, and then there's somebody you paid it forward under for mm -hmm. going forward. Who was the? Who were the guys? I guess this is a two-parter. Who were the guys that really helped you on your journey? And then who were mm -hmm. the guys that are still in Athens that you took a special interest in for the future? Yeah, for sure. So just walking in the door, um, and that's that's kind of how Coach Smart wants it is kind of guys to take take each other under their wing. So for me, walking in the door, I know obviously Andrew was there. I, um, Andrew's my roommate. Um, you know, spent a lot of time with him, just kind of talking about football. Solly obviously took me in. Um, Lamont uh, helped me out, playing, helped me transition and learning how to play center and stuff like that. A position I hadn't really mastered yet. So Lamont helped me from a mental standpoint, understand the game. One of the sharpest guys that have came through. Um, the University of Georgia, as far as his mind, um, and being able to, to dissect the game. So just those, probably those guys, uh, Kendall, KB always, you know, put words of inspiration in, on me just to make sure I wasn't really getting down going into that that freshman slump or whatever. So, um, yeah, those guys really kind of took me under their wing. They kind of knew I'd be special, kind of talked to me in a, um, in a way that was different. You know, it's kind of expecting me to be able to help if, if something were to happen. And so, um, you know, they, they inspired me every single day. They made sure I didn't, you know, go astray or anything like that. They always looked out for me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for those guys. And then, oh, I'm sorry. And then for as far as guys that I kind of, I guess, took under my wing, um, I know Broderick coming in, kind of from a very, very close um, as, as far as, you know, proximity to home. I was very close. And so, uh, you know, Broderick obviously kind of that kind of um, came together. Uh, Cedric coming in the door. Cedric, very good player. Um, just just guys like that, um, Xavier Trust, um, that whole little group, Devin Willick, just all my young guys really um, kind of just looked up to me for leadership. Um, and I just kind of wanted to be that for them, be a consistent leader, um, never asking them to do something that I didn't want to do. That's kind of what I prided myself on is being a leader. Just if I'm asking them to do it, they know I'm willing to do it. Um, and at the end of the day, that's that's what makes your word stand at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, that's those and those. I guess that's kind of my group. All of those guys, really, I got a lot of respect for a lot of those young guys. Michael Morris, where you can't remember when Michael got first got there. Um, mm -hmm. It's a lot of those guys. So Jared, Dylan, you know, all my freshmen from last year. So, yeah. It's funny. My role in covering the team, Jamari, I see a lot of reflections of the great, intelligent, hardworking young man you were and a lot of these guys that are coming along, Micah, Cedric, Jared Wilson. It's almost like you ever look at those guys and go, hey, you remind me of me a little bit because it looks like they have <laughs> a blueprint for Cedric's. a dog on <laughs> Cedric might try to fight me if I say <laughs> Cedric's so proper, but uh, yeah, I mean, I see, I see some of myself in those guys, the determination, the hunger. Um, mm -hmm. You know, those guys know how to like, learn that, learn how to practice. One of the first things you learn how to do when you get on campus is learn how to practice, learning what practice looks like. It's fast, it's physical. 
Um, it could be a lot, you know, doing it over and over again, but you learn how to, you know, get accustomed to that. That's part of becoming a Georgia football player. So, um, yeah, I can kind of see that kind of developing into those guys that leadership qualities. Um, and a Warren McClendon, um, that's kind of like the first guy kind of came beh behind me. So, um, just in a guy like that, or in a guy like Cedric Van Pran, or and a guy even like Xavier Trust, you know, so just different guys have stepped into that leadership role this year. I kind of see it in watching practice recently. So, um, yeah, I can kind of see those those qualities in other guys. Jamari, we have a lot of questions that are coming in. I'm going to try and merge a lot of the program format here. Okay. Uh, Heather Rhodes has a couple of good ones. And, Heather, I'm hearing you. I'm seeing you, Heather. You're doing great. <laughs> um, she wants to know a couple of things. She said she loves the way you play the game, mm -hmm. but she most admires the way you live your life. She wants to know about your faith and how that has helped you through the highs and lows of your football career and just growing into being a young adult. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, to keep it simple, God is everything to me. Um, you know, nothing, no day starts without him, no day ends without him. So, um, you know, I, I got to get better, honestly, but I, I've been on a pretty good roll just trying to get back into my to my good book. I'm um, just reading, I've been reading the, uh, the Competitor's Bible. And so um, for me, it kind of has these little inscriptions on a day-to-day -day basis of like different different topics, different areas in your life to, you know, kind of hate. Um, it's kind of giving me a way to kind of guide my faith. Um, but God has been really good to me. He's obviously blessed me with tremendous things, tremendous accolades and spent me in positions to do things like win a national championship. So, um, you know, my, my faith was kind of instilled in me by my by my parents, by my grandmother. Um, and I got the praying grandmother. And um, so, yeah, it's for me, it's, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have a choice. Like, I had a choice, you know, my my family didn't make me. But um, to me, you know, they they showed me what it was to, you know, be a good Christian, to be a good person. Um, and, it's how, and just to grow up with, more, more than anything, to grow up with high morals, high character, being a high character person or a respectful person. And so uh, that's, that's I try to live my life to echo that, to echo what they put into me. Because um, to me, you know, I always tell people I've never really wanted my mother to have to answer for something I did that she saw that somebody told her I did on ESPN or on Dog Nation or anything like that. I never really wanted my mom to have to say, why do you do that? Like, what what man do that? Because my mom raised me better than that. And I know that. So um, that that always meant a lot to me. I always take pride in that. And so that's kind of what helps me, guide me to lead my life the way I do. So, Amen. God bless praying grandmas. For praying sure. Grandmas. No doubt. Can't beat them. Uh, Cannot. Uh, Jamal, I got to ask this. Uh, for you, how important do you think that was for, I don't know whether it's rat poison or humble pie, but how important <laughs> was that whooping from Bama to you yeah. got to elevate your game in order to win it all? Do you think that was vital in the championship? Huge, huge, huge. huge. I think uh, for us, um, just on that given day, they were the hungrier team. I mean, if you put it, if you put it, in all honesty, they were the hungrier team. They wanted the game more. They came in with a different type of tenacity. But they also they didn't just line up and whoop us either. Now, if you look go back, look at the game. We made a lot of mistakes. We bust a lot of coverages. I mean, you got Jameis Williams running down the sideline wide open. You're not gonna win games like that. And so we just wanted to correct as many of those mistakes as we could. Um, correct the busted coverages. Correct the the missed plays on offense. I mean, for us, we just want to play. We knew for us, we had the talent. And the competitive edge that if we played a clean bill of football, like I'm talking about no missed assignments, no busted plays, no this, no that, that we would be a tough team. We, we were going to win. Like, we just knew that because we had the talent level to, to compete down in and down and out. We just had to limit the mistakes. And so for us, um, I think that game kind of exposed us for a lot of things that we kind of let slip by, maybe like our conditioning or, you know, certain people not knowing certain plays. And Because when you're playing a competitive team and a competitive coach like Nick Saban, he's not going to have a lot of them. A lot of mistakes that, that is so for us we just wanted to limit mistakes and we know that we if we could do that on the second go around that they weren't gonna beat us.
Jamari, folks call this, and I think they're right, the golden age of Georgia football because it's not mm-hmm. just the Bulldogs winning the big game, and it's not just beating Alabama. It's winning the national championship. Right. And then it's slaying the NFL Combine, and it's mm-hmm. slaying Pro Day. Right. I mean, the draft is going to be a four-hour, three-day commercial for Georgia football. Yeah. And I, I want to specify the question by saying everybody calls the, de- the defense generational. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was during the combine where like, you, think you had a tweet where um, Jordan Davis ran his 479. And mm-hmm. you were just like, I've seen this a grown man a million times, or I know this is possible, but mm-hmm. it still stuns you. I mean, what do you think that's like? What was it like going against three first rounders, maybe a top three pick, maybe the number one overall pick now in Trayvon Walker, and then might be 10 guys in the first two rounds. What is it, what is it like going against that group every day? Honestly, for us, it was just work. Um, looking back on it, it's easy to say, like, oh, what was it like going against all those first rounders? But, I mean, going into the season, everybody wasn't the first rounder. You know, like, it, a lot of those guys made their mark. Trayvon Walker's jumped the boards quicker than any prospect I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, it was just kind of work for us. You know, we didn't really look at it from, well, this guy's first round, this guy's this person, this guy's that person. We put it on, you know, man on man every single day. We was going to see who had the better day. And that's what it was. That's what practice was for us. So, um, you know, Coach Smart will never let us get caught up in newspapers and what this guy, what Tommy say says about this person. We just kind of worked every single day. And so um, that's what it was. You know, from beginning to end, we worked every single day. We got better at certain things. Um, we just wanted to basically go out there and make each other so good that when it came to the game, the game was easy. And that's what we did a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the time you found yourself, you know, kind of bringing it down to your competition as opposed to, you know, rising up because the guys you play against every single day, that's the best competition you're going to face. And so um, for me, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Just It was a grind every single day, but it, it was never like, oh, I'm blocking Trayvon Walker in his one-on-one rep or I'm blocking JD. Like, we just work every single day. And we we, we crushed each other on the field, and then we walked off the side, outside of white lines, and it was like, that's my that's my brother again. So that's what it was for us. Jamari, I've noticed – I know your devotional book says remain humble. You know, even Denzel said when you're at your highest, that's when the devil comes for you. No I know you have not – you, you did revel in national champion before your name. And I mean, yeah. it's really human, right? I mean, what was that like when you went up there? Is that just simply representing your alma mater and being, being honored to be a part of that team? What was that like for you? Yeah, for me, it was just kind of, I guess kind of put the world on notice, you know, like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not the champ. We're not the champ for what? A few more, like 10 more months, whatever it is. I remember more months it is to the game is played again. So, you know, I'm letting the world know, you know, at the end of the day before. And I, I don't think we're going to do it again. So, you know, I'm going to say it again if we do it again. So, um, at the end of the day, uh, I just, you know, I want to live it. I want to breathe it in because it's something we did that was special. You know, 40, 40, 40, 41 years. I mean, you can't beat it. You can't beat that feeling. You can't be, in, be being a part of that team, being a part of that special group. And so when it came, it comes time for me to talk about it, I have so much passion and joy and energy because I know how hard I worked to get there. I know how hard our team worked to get there. I know that I watched this team grow from an immature young team to um, at, at my senior year, older team led by leaders, you know. And so, I mean, I just I enjoy it because at the end of the day, it should be enjoyed. It should be praised. And uh, I let the world know when I get a chance. So. Jamari, the questions are coming in fast and furious. I'm going to try and facilitate as many as I can, like, okay. like Curry or Chris Paul or whatever. Um, Stan Scarborough asks you, which coach had the most influence on you during your time at Georgia? Uh, it's tough. Uh, I'd say, <laughs> I'd probably say 
Coach Pittman, Coach Martin, Coach Luke, probably between those three, the obvious answer. Um, I say Coach Pittman just because he he did a great job of recruiting me. Uh, obviously, he gave me the opportunity to come to Georgia, so it starts with that. But he did a great job just getting on my family. Um, you know, he would text my brother and my sister happy birthday even when I was at Georgia. Just things like that, whereas, like, normal coaches don't do stuff like that. And so, you know, he made it a job to not only know Jamari Jamari Jamar Sider, a football player, but Jamari Sider, a person. And so I'll be forever indebted to Sam Pittman because uh, he took time to mold me, the person, and to to get to know me, the person. Um, and so I always had a connection with him. Coach Smart, of course, is that physical mentality, um, just having a different type of respect for the game of football. I think him and Coach Luke are very similar in that way is in, in respecting the way the game is played, playing it from a, in a physical way, in a tough way, but not in a flashy, showboaty way, just going out every single day, um, being a, a blue-collar guy. Because at the end of the day, um, you working, you know, you you working every single day, and um, that's what it comes down to. So, um, and then just Coach Luke, I mean, just kind of coming in, uh, he didn't try to force himself onto us, you know. He kind of allowed the room to take a personality on, but you know, um, the room kind of took on a leadership role as well. Um, so I was always be thankful for Coach Luke, just kind of being graceful in his in his entrance into UGA. He didn't try to force us or force how we changed because he knew we were physical, tough football players. He's one to kind of sharpen what he already had. And so we, I appreciate him for that. So, yeah. Good answer. Uh, Jamari, uh, a lot of people are asking some variant of this question, so I'll just combine it. Now, the, the way the NFL draft works is you could say six teams, eight teams, those are the ones that are hitting you up the most and showing you the most interest. And then there's a totally team you've mm -hmm. barely heard from. They end up drafting you. Are, are you able to gauge right. which teams – are really showing sincere interest and does that feel in any way like the recruiting process at all or no i wouldn't say it's like recruiting recruit well recruiters changed uh recruit is different it's, it's oh, a yeah. lot of it's a lot of flash and recruiting nowadays but that's the world that's where we live in so um it's different but uh they're uh, i guess this combine and this pre-draft process is not a lot of flash it's not a lot of courting you and bringing you maybe on a, a third a top 30 or anything like that but they'll say like hey we like you here um, like what you can do with this um we'll be in contact with you things like that you know some coaches will make it plain some coaches won't say hmm. and then that'll be it and you know that, that could be a good thing that could be a bad thing so um yeah, it's just it's just different things. You, you a lot of times you can tell, but sometimes you really don't know. Like you said, there's cases where a team could draft you, and you maybe had one Zoom call with them, and they just fell in love with you. So, uh, yeah. Um, Jamari uh, Sonia Prescott asked a question. She wants to know how would you like to play for the Giants? Two high school teammates <laughs> or two college teammates on the same pro team? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, not only teammates but roommates. You know, roommate. Those I live with those guys, so uh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, just to be able to go visit those guys, you know, seeing Jersey, seeing uh, NYC, just being up there with those guys. I mean, uh, it would kind of be special. It would kind of be like, you know, like it was meant to be. Um, that's kind of how I would feel about it. So, um, you know, I, I would enjoy playing with them. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you never know on draft day. So. Kind of funny. The odds are pretty high that you will either play with a former Georgia teammate or uh, or somebody that you're just coming into this draft class with. I mean, very yeah. high. There's a lot of dogs in a lot of spots right now. For sure. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very it's very good chance, like you said.
Jamari, um, I want to ask you about Broderick Jones because you mentioned yeah. him earlier. He comes from the same part of the state, the same part of Atlanta area that you do. How important was he in that final quarter? And then also, what are your thoughts on what he will bring to Georgia in 2022 to maybe soak up some of those reps that Big 69 has vacated now? Yeah. Um, I mean, huge, huge. You, you really can't put into perspective how, like, from his perspective, like what that was like. You got fourth quarter, you're playing against one of the most talented edge rushers in college football, and we're playing for a national championship. I mean, I mean, that not not a lot of people would take that situation to handle it the best way that he did in the way that he did. And so I just think that kind of speaks to his poise. That speaks to who he is as a young man, as a, as a competitor, as an athlete, because um, a lot of people would have took that situation and folded, um, especially in a, as high value of a, of, a, of a position that he was in, you know. So um, but he went out there and he, he played his tail off, um, played a great quarter um, against some great players. And so um, – I just think that kind of speaks to his poise and the, uh, the level of athlete he is because we all know Brock's a freak athlete um, just for being a big guy. So just going out there and doing what he does from a mental standpoint, being put in a position that he was put in to play like that is, is special. Um, and I think this season that'll kind of continue to, to marinate. Um, he got some good reps this year uh, with me being out and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I always thought he could be as good of a pass protector as I was. And so uh, I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see um, what he does because the ceiling for for him is, is is freaking high. So I'm excited for him, and um, I'm excited for a lot of those young guys. So it'll be fun. Did you ever meet his pet snake? <laughs> no, 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 no. He he knows me. And the snakes are not allowed the same proximity. No, <laughs> no. Um, Jamar, I gotta I gotta give you now. You didn't ask me to do this, but I'm gonna do this. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you – folks, if you don't know, maybe we're not breaking news here, I don't think. Jamari will be at the bookstore, right, for G-Day. Is that right? That's right. You, That's right. Name, you get to meet and greet. and I mean, guys, this is – as a, speaking as a father of a young man, I, this is the type of young man you want your son to grow up to be, to be like, to be hanging out, to be around. Uh, if you want to meet Jamari, if you want to uh, get him to sign something, he will be at the UGA bookstore on G-Day. What do you expect? Do I have that right, Jamari? What's that, yeah. what's that entail? Uh, yeah, so um, from what I believe, uh, I believe we want to be there for two hours, for a two-hour slot. I don't think it's during the game. I think it's right before kickoff. It'll be a two-hour slot. It'll be me and a couple other guys signing before the game. But, um, yeah, um, that's kind of what it'll be. It'll just be kind of a signing process, a meet-and-greet type thing uh, with me. And I think there's some other guys in our, um, in our draft class that'll be there too, but – uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it should be a great opportunity to meet some great fans, uh, meet some great players as well. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to uh, just kind of be able to allow people to put a, a helmet with a face, I guess you could say, and um, you know, be able to shake some hands for a G Day. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch the guys compete as well. So it'll be kind of the best of both worlds, I guess. Jamar, what's it like waiting, waiting to yeah. figure out your future? What's that? What's that been like? And what's it like currently? Is it waking up at night and just dreaming and just wondering what's going on? Yeah, it's a lot of dreaming going on of where you could be. I mean, with a situation like that, the possibility is kind of endless. It's, there's 32 different possibilities that you can have. And so um, I think as you get closer and you meet with more teams, more people, you'll be able to start to say, okay, well, these they don't really contact me. This team hasn't really talked to me at all, so I can kind of cut them out. Or this team. So I think with, with – I've been at two draft parties now, so, you know, the, the guys and my roommates have kind of gone – always kind of have certain teams they think like oh well, it could be this team or it could be that team or it could be that team so you, every time that team picks it's like okay is, is it gonna be this time or you know 
because you can kind of see the teams coming down the, the line normally when in the draft. And so you can like, okay, they have this pick at this number, so they might be calling soon. And what a lot of people don't know is the TV copy is like probably a whole minute behind like that, like real life. And so when Aziz got drafted, Aziz got drafted like a whole probably minute, like he got the call a whole probably minute and a half before it went on TV. And so um, it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a wild day. It's a, it's a lot of waiting. Uh, I was very anxious. You can see it in kind of, I can remember seeing it in, in Drew, and even, even Drew's face, like, you know, he kind of just knew he was going number four when you're that early or when you're that talented, I guess you just say, you know, you're going top five. They normally tell you, but, you know, the disease is kind of like you're just playing a waiting game. So, um, yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm curious to this one. What do you – and people – a lot of people are asking me about the Michigan game. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. what do you feel was the best game you played at Georgia? Uh, the best game, I would say, probably the Clemson opener or the SEC championship game. I think I played good in the Michigan game. I think I could have played better. Me personally, that's just me holding myself to that standard. I think I could have played better. But um, I feel like I had I had a pretty good game against I guess, the Clemson defensive front and then a pretty good game against Alabama in the championship game as well. So. What's the standard you use to define good? Because a lot of people are looking at you and saying, Jamari might have made some money blocking Hutchinson against Michigan, but, like, mm-hmm. what's your standard which says that's a great Jamari Salyer game? Yeah, so for me um, – it always starts with me with no sacks, no pressures. Um, that's what you expect from a left tackle. That is the standard. I mean, it could be left tackle for Georgia, left tackle for 49ers. I'm sure he's the same way. Like, you know, no sacks, no pressure. That's what you want. A clean build. Clean build, that's what I call it. Clean build, that's what Jonas Jennings calls it. Clean build. No no, no sacks, no pressures. Sets and they going to the hospital. That's what you want. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what, what a, a good pass protection game for me in the run game, just being physical, finishing. Uh, we want running backs to get in the end zone. That's what we want. We want uh, over 250 on the ground at minimum uh, every game, no matter who we playing. And so for us, um, if I'm a part of that, that's to make you feel good. If we ain't get that number, and I don't feel like we did enough in the run game. So I kind of look at myself. I get critical of, okay, what could this block have been? What could that? And then looking back on the season, there's a lot of things I can work on. So that's that's the exciting part for me is, okay, now that I know that I didn't you know, do this, or I didn't have this game, this perfect block on this play, how can I go fix that? And so, but for me, um, I always held myself to that standard. I didn't care who I was playing. Is no sacks, no pressures. Um, so that's why I think in the Michigan game I had one pressure or two pressures, I think. But, you know, I, I had a clean bill on the sack side, so that was good. I felt good about that. But, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my – I guess that's kind of my skill. I think I see two more questions. Um, Jamari, one, if I got this right, I think no penalties except on a special team snap. Yeah. And then how many sacks did you give up at left tackle? Is that it? Is that one? One. Who was the one? Will Anderson in the fourth quarter. Uh, he jumped the snap. Uh, but I mean, I guess I can't really say that's not, you know, fair or whatever. But he jumped the snap. He had a great play. Uh, he, he got. I mean, four quarters of football. He kind of, kind of got a, a rhythm of our, of our cadence or whatever. And so, you know, he was jump. He jumped the snap. He turned the bend the corner pretty well and got a sack. But for most of that, most of the game, you know, I pretty much locked, shut him down and stuff like that. But uh, we shook hands at the end of the game, kind of gave respect for each other. But uh, yeah, that's that's the only sack I given up at left tackle. So that's two yeah. years. That's I mean, all the time you started at Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is one. Um, you mentioned something earlier that kind of crystallized this in my head. Can you imagine what it's like today with these young men in recruiting in NIL where 
you know, NIL was geared to be a reward for established players in school. Right. And I never really believed the notion that, you know, I mean, I, it's, you know, athletes wanted a bigger piece of the pie with everybody that was getting that. But right. to me, from my experience, that the, a college athlete at an SEC level, at a Georgia level, is pretty well taken care of. But mm-hmm. I don't mind the college athlete getting the money, but it's almost like now it's an enticement to choose a school which is the way it wasn't intended to be. What are your thoughts on what's happening now and how college football is rapidly changing just since you've been a Bulldog? Yeah, I say, uh, I say the coaches and recruiting operations people are smart. I say that uh, to be able to take an entity like NIL and use it as a way to, you know, recruit. Um, I think that's very smart. I could, a lot of people predicted that that's what would happen and it did. Um, but to me, I just don't want, the love of the game to go away. You know, I don't want people to start coming to college to get paid, you know, because at the end of the day, while I'm all for that, people should get what they were. At the end of the day, the game, the grind still has to happen. You don't, people don't go to the NFL at 18 years old. So I don't want people thinking they can come to college at 18 years old and that they should be ready to go to the NFL. And that's, that's, that, I fear that that could be what happened. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't know. I don't know the any of the kids getting recruited nowadays, but I don't want that to be what happens is that these kids come in at 18 thinking like, oh, I'm going first round. That's not how that works. You know, you got to put in the work. You got to grind. A lot of freshmen find out early, like, especially if you're a freshman. Like, me personally, like, I take it personal. Like, a freshman coming in, popping off in the mouth, like, okay, let's find out. This might not be everything they say you were. And so, um, but, yeah, there's a learning curve. That, is, that It was a learning curve for me. You know, there's a special breeze out there that Andrew Thomas is that, Offered actually first round is at 18 years old. So, you know, there's a few, a very, but there's a very fine thin line of, of, of people that come in like that. And so I just want people to, I want the young guys to understand that like this is a process. Don't be a scared, don't be afraid, afraid to compete. Um, and at the end of the day, just trust it. You know, at the end of the day, at a, at a premier institution like Georgia, I mean, standing there, getting better, waiting your chance, getting those practice reps every single day. I mean, and then going out and dominating maybe your junior, your senior year, or your fifth year, senior, like, there's people on this team this year that I know is going to go in and tear it up because I know, I've seen what they can do in practice. He's just been waiting for the chance to shine. So um, I just don't want an entity like NIL to kind of take the love of the game away and make it so financially, fiscally centered. So I guess that's my thoughts on it. Who's on your tear it up list, man? You intrigued me there. Who's on your tear it up list? <sighs> me? I I mean, Robert Bill is going to be a problem. I'll say that. Robert Bill is going to be a, a special player. Just going to get some every day in practice. He got brick hands. He's strong. Uh, he can rush the pass. We all know that. So um, Robert Bill is definitely on my tear it up list. Um, we all know Jalen Carter is bound for, for a freaky season. Things said and Warren and all those guys up front are going to have a great year. Uh, those tailbacks, the Kendall Milton, the, the Dejans, the um, the Kenny Mags, they're going to have a, got a really special season. And uh, I heard they got some young guys in the stable that's going to be really special as well. And I think, you know, everybody's – I, I, I pray, me being a person that I am, that everybody has a great year. But I just – in my heart, I feel like Robert Bill is going to really be a problem in the SEC coming out that edge. So, uh, I'm excited to see Bill play. I'm excited to see Beefy play. Um, excited for Chris. See all those guys that kind of were in my class or older to see them play this year and finish it off the right way. So, Yeah, Robertson actually a super senior. <clears throat> a super senior from the 2017 class, which makes right. him a grown man out there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's going he's gonna to be a problem, I'm sure. Uh, one reader question, Randy Hall says, who was the best college player you played against? The best college player I've played against? Uh, not on my team. I'll say uh, 
probably Derek Brown. Probably Derek Brown, uh either him or Javon Kinlaw. <laughs> and I played them as sophomore, so it's it's crazy. That's like like one of the two games I played, like one of the few games I played, I got both of them. So um I mean they're freaky, freaky, freaky players. Um but uh yeah, those are probably two of the most talented players I played against when I was in on the interior uh, as a sophomore. So uh, I'll probably say those are probably two of the best I played. And those were guys were in their money years. That was a yeah, good yeah, yeah. Those, <laughs> those two were uh, those two were different. I'll say that. Uh, Jamari, uh, you said something really cool, and I guess I'll close it up with this: is mm-hmm. I don't know, you you probably know this story, but I think one of the great future Bulldogs, Mikael Williams. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to him at in Texas at the All American Bowl, where mm-hmm. I talked to you many years ago. Yeah. And he said, I asked him what it was his welcome to Georgia moment. And he said there was something he tried and you were like, you said something to him like, man, college football, not going to do that. <laughs> he tried to make a move and you're like, man, no, no, no. This is college football now, son. And he called it his welcome to Georgia moment. And I just love that story. It's on my mind yeah. right now because you talked about, you know, you get humbled a little bit when you first get to Athens and yeah. then, it's like a circle of bulldog a little bit. And then yeah. you're passing those lessons out to everyone else. Circle of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he is going to be a talented player. I will start by saying that he is going to be a very talented player. Um, he was, it's crazy because in practice, he was Aiden Hutchinson. Like when, when the freshman got there, he was Aiden Hutchinson and he's talented. I would say, I, I I don't want to put too much on him. But he's talented. I'll say that. I'll say he's talented. I say if he does what he's supposed to do and he does everything the right way, which I believe he is. He's, I seem like a good young man. Got a good head on his shoulder. He's talented. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> we had a little bit of scrapping going on. Not not anything you know malicious or anything like that. But some good battles leading up to the Michigan game. Um, you know, he's very talented. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he did, but I remember that day. And I was just like, man, this is this is different. Like, you're not because he, he, I think he tried to bull rush me. I think that's what it was. He tried to bull rush me. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm 20, 21 years old. You're not gonna just come out here and bull rush me. Not at not at 17, 18 years old. So you know, I just kind of you know let him know, like, okay, like this bowl practice, but all right, just just relax a little bit. But you know, he he's good. I'm not saying that I went out there and, and pitched the shutout every day. He was a good player. He beat me every once in a while. That's what's supposed to happen in practice. So, um, yeah, he, he's 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 gonna be a, a freaky player. I would say that if he does things the right way and he practices and and, and puts the work in, he's gonna be a great player. So, mm. Jamari, I'm gonna give you the floor for this last bit, man. There's a lot of people hanging on your every word. They're soaking it up. <laughs> I told myself, do not go long with Jamari. And here's what I did. I've gone long with Jamari. Because it's – I mean, you're so – you're great. It's easy for us. It's easy for us. We got so much history. It's easy. It's easy for us. We can talk – we probably sit on here and talk for two hours. Yeah, man, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I've talked to Eric to Kev. I'm going to be there at that draft night, sir. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, you got a message for all these people. I know you've already said it so amazingly a couple of times. But – and I always wonder, like – has it even really ever sunk in? But I, I just want, if you got anything you want to say to all these people that have basically been hanging on your every word, asking you a lot of questions, um, will you ever be able to say thank you enough for the support you got from Dog Nation? Uh, I don't think I will. Um, it's crazy because, you know, <laughs> when you take a fan base and you make a fan base a tactical advantage on game day, like that's special. Like you talk about Arkansas at 12 o'clock, at 12 at noon in, in Athens at Sanford Stadium. 
like the fans were a problem like they were a problem and so like when you actually have fans like helping you win games that's spe- that's when it's special and so um you know i think when i think of dark nation i think of moments like that me being a competitor i am is like how can get the upper hand and i don't think anybody could have assume how much they would have impacted our season. They did. They made it made a hill for teams to come into Sanford Stadium and play. They did every every time, no matter who we were playing. So I'm very thankful for Dog Nation. I'm thankful not only from a football standpoint, but uh not from a football standpoint, but just even from a support standpoint on social media. I see your I see your eight hundred tweets. I appreciated the memes and all that. I appreciate everybody's support. Um I appreciate you guys shouting me out whenever you do. Um Dog Nation has really been special to me they, when they see me outside, even even outside the state when I traveled, you know, people would come up, shake my hand, ask for pictures and stuff like that. And I never deny people. Um I just try my best not to because at the end of the day, these people um they put money and time in us at the end of the day. They whether it's tickets, whether it's you know, actually donating to the team, being a donor. So uh, whether it's shouting on and the stands or even at home viewing the game. And so for me, you know, I just want to take the time to thank each and every one of you because at the end of the day, um, y'all make what we do fun. That's the truth. The fans make it fun. And I know that because I played with no fans or barely any. So I know for a fact that the game is way more fun when it's packed, when there is 96, 97K in the stands. Um, so I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, all the scraps and battles that you've been in on the Edelway games, trying to get tickets and, and fighting Florida fans and Tennessee fans. I mean, I appreciate all of it. I, I, I've i heard the stories from my mom. And so I appreciate you guys. Um, Yeah, I can't say enough how much I appreciate Dog Nation because at the end of the day, like I said, they make what we do fun. And when it's fun, you play a lot better. So, mm, Very well said. Folks, do two things. One, go take your kid to the bookstore before G-Day. Get this man's autograph. Take your son with you. Take your daughter with you. And just point at that young man and say, you know what? That's what a real living DGD looks like right there. Um, For sure. Jamari, thank you so much. Folks, let's do this. Um, Spam that feed. Just say thanks to this young man. Tell him how much you appreciate him and how there probably will never be another number 69 between the hedges, quite like uh, Jamari Salyer out of Pace Academy. The national champion, Jamari, best of luck to you. I'm going to see you down the road. I uh, can't wait to see what uh, the good master upstairs has in, in store for you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you again. I appreciate you having me. Uh, as usual, we got more catching up to do, but I appreciate this short time. I'm, I'm glad I got to talk to you. Jamari, thanks, buddy. Best of luck yes, to you, sir. sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Dog Nation. That was, I mean, that's as good as we get on uh, before the hedges and after the hedges. Uh, Jamari Salyer. I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek because I think Jamari will always be between the hedges in our memories and our hearts uh, and the way he played the game. And when he starts coming back and I don't know, maybe he becomes a Jonas Jennings role for Georgia 10 years down the road after a, a brilliant career with maybe the Dallas Cowboys, his uh, longtime favorite childhood favorite, or maybe the hometown Atlanta Falcons. I know his mom, his mom would certainly like that. Uh, such a great lady she is as well. Um, this is a hard part now, guys. It's a hard part. Tell your friends about this show brought to you by Kroger. Uh, now we got to talk about recruiting. Uh, it's, it's almost like, what are we doing here now? We could cut the show here. But so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go tempo. I'm going to go hurry up with recruiting a little bit to uh, get things going. But first, you know, this becomes a podcast on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on the YouTube platform. It becomes a 
part of the Dog Nation podcast. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook if you want to tell a friend or say, hey, folks, you need to check Jamari out. He was great on uh, Before the Hedges again. Um, please do that. Uh, like I said before, go see Jamari at uh, the bookstore on G-Day. Prior to G-Day, they have a special event there with a lot of Bulldogs. You can get an autograph prior to G-Day. He'll be there for a couple of hours. He said – I think that would be a great value for anybody that wants a keepsake from one of the true, one of the finest young men you could ever be around. I'm going to say that pretty simple. Uh, savings are always a slam dunk at Kroger. Speaking of a, a slam dunk interview, uh, savings are always a slam dunk at Kroger. Shop everything you need for game day, either in store or at your local Kroger store or shop online at Kroger.com backslash basketball. That's some madness there in the grocery aisles at Kroger. Uh, a very thankful to have them as a uh, sponsor um, for the Before the Hedges program. Let's do this. Why don't we do this? Um, got top targets. I'm going to roll through top targets. I've got some tweets. I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can. I thought I saw somebody with a question about the most immediate replacements for Jamari Salyer. We kind of hinted on that in the interview. That would be Broderick Jones. I think he will probably slide into the left tackle. Marius Mims has got to work his way into the best five or six as well, either at guard or tackle. I think Warren McClendon is so talented that you leave him at right tackle rather than to do something crazy like move him into guard and then so a Marius Mims can get on the field. I think Cedric Von Prong Granger is a great anchor. You've got to also think about Devin Willick and Xavier Truss, and don't forget Tate Ratledge. Folks, I'm going to tell this to you very simply. I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time from college coaches and from high school coaches that know what they're talking about that go watch Georgia practice. I really think Georgia's second-team offensive line, so their best six through ten guys in the program in the offensive line room, I really think those guys could start for all but about three or four teams in the SEC. I think Georgia's third-team line can start for about three or four teams in the SEC. That's how – Stack they are. Uh, Baggins and friends, I will be on the Dog Nation uh, cruise. Uh, that's a question that um, was very cool to answer there. Uh, lots of people are asking. Like, let me just recap. Let me be a reporter here. Quick, hard-hitting analysis. Very interesting how he mentioned Broderick Jones, but also very interesting in how he mentioned that uh, he feels that um, Robert Beal is going to be a A1A dynamite, dangerous man for Georgia uh, in this 2022 season. That is something to think about as well. There as well, he talked about the future of Michael Williams. Michael Williams, excuse me, uh, a lot of great players there. He shouted out a lot of the running backs, a lot of the offensive linemen. He knows what he's talking about when he says that Jalen Carter is one of the best uh, five or six NFL draft prospects in the 2023 NFL draft. Very cool to hear him talk about all that draft stuff. Very cool that stream of consciousness he had when he started talking about when he knew they had Alabama beat, how important that first loss was to Alabama for Georgia to find their best when their best was required uh, and win the national championship in the rematch with Alabama. Uh, such a proud Bulldog, such a great career. Comes in with the number one recruiting class in 2018. All the five stars where Georgia was supposed to win the natty. And that um, class gets splintered for lots of various reasons, and yet still some mainstays like James Cook, Zamir White, um, 
Jamari Salyer, those remaining five stars end up being the class, uh, the core of the class that ends up winning the national championship for Georgia. You got to throw Channing Tindall in there. You got to throw Quay Walker in there. Uh, you got to throw, um, also got to throw Jordan Davis. Got to, of course, you got to throw Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt in there as well. Let's hit the top targets really fast. I want to make sure that we get some coverage on recruiting tonight, even though I think that was, like I said, it's as good as Hedges could ever get when I get the chance to uh, wrap back and forth and chop things up with uh, Jamari Salyer. Uh, new name at number 15. He's visiting Georgia tomorrow, actually, Caleb Herring. Very big visit there. I think this is the visit where – uh, you're going to hear see a story about that on dognation.com in the morning. Um, kind of previews the Caleb Herring visit in Athens. Uh, he's got a lot of family, even though he's from Tennessee and his brother plays for the Tennessee Volunteers. Caleb Herring told me his family is mostly 97% from the state of Georgia. Caleb Herring is the nation's number uh, six edge, I believe. That's a top 100 overall prospect. He's number 15 with a bullet this week, uh, climbing fast. Number 14 is Raylan Wilson, uh, Michigan commitment, visited about two weeks ago out of Lincoln, Florida. Tamarian Parker, TJ Parker, we wrote about him this week on dognation.com. Georgia is still his leader, although Ohio State and Alabama are there lurking. Uh, Quay Russell out of Carver High School in Troy, Alabama. Uh, Gabe Harris, another guy that will be on the pages of dognation.com tonight or tomorrow out of Valdosta. He's a guy that coached Chadiria. Uzo Deribe has really earmarked as a guy that he would love to see in the class. Braylon James, a standout wide receiver out of Texas, another standout wide receiver out of Texas. Folks, the wide receivers are coming with names like uh, Hakeem Williams and Tyler Williams and Devin Hyatt that just visited Georgia uh, this past weekend. The receivers, the receiver interests, the right players, um, the right connections with BMAC, those guys are getting to see Georgia. They're leaving Georgia feeling great about the fit, making sure that they know they want to come back. You'll see a little bit more about them in the program later on. Uh, Troy Bowles, incredible linebacker. Throw him in the Jalen Walker mode. He he was also in um, he was also also in Athens two weeks ago. Ruben Owens, Jamal Jarrett. Uh, we wrote about him this week on DogNation.com. Jamal did not want to leave Athens. He knows that. This is a little bit of news we had earlier in this week. Jamal said he didn't want to leave. He said that he is coming back for an unofficial, won't be there at G-Day, but he's already set Georgia up in that A1A June official visit slot. That's the one that was so good to Georgia a year ago with Oscar Delp and Garrett and, and, and Gunnar Stockton and Branson Robinson. Uh, Georgia got a lot of future program leaders in that weekend. Denial on Morissette, they all came in that first weekend in June. A big name here, Janelle Aguero, the nation's number two safety. He is visiting Athens after seeing Ohio State, after seeing Florida, after seeing LSU twice. He's coming back to a place that kind of did feel a lot like home to Janelle Aguero. Uh, very important for Georgia to reestablish um, leverage. I'm going to use that word, to reestablish leverage in that recruitment. Um, Number four, Justice Haynes, the legacy there. He has zero questions about Georgia. I think Georgia is recruiting Justice Haynes well enough to win that commitment. We will wait and see how long things go there with Justice Haynes. Victor Burley, going to have some news about him to share in our tweet segment a little bit later. Arch Manning, we wrote about him recently. He just visited Texas, plans to visit Alabama, plans to visit uh, LSU as well. I do think Georgia is in a 
is in a good position there with some leverage on this Arch Manning recruitment as well. I won't say it's the best leverage, but I think Georgia is certainly in that thing. And then number one, again, uh, even ahead of the young man Manning, Caleb Downs, a very special uh, type of safety you don't see, but every four or five years when you cover recruiting, he's out of Mill Creek in Hoshton, Georgia. Uh, Caleb Downs is still the number one target on the Hedges' top target list. Um, rolling along, Georgia, other names to consider. C.J. Allen, uh, another name on this list. We're going to roll through him. Kelby Collins just visited Georgia yesterday. That's a big target out of Alabama. So many big-time prospects that Georgia is chasing and fighting the Crimson Tide for in the state of Alabama. A.J. Harris, he's on there. Another one from Alabama. He just visited Devin Hyatt. Um, going down the list, Caden Lee, Kyanne Lee. I think Georgia and Caden Lee are – and that's a name that was really high for Georgia – about a year ago in the 2023 class, I think Georgia dipped a little bit. I think BMAC and uh, this uh, recruiting effort recently is trying to establish, you know, basically that common ground back again with Caden Lee. Um, Caden McDonald is a guy that's taken some visits. He seems like he really enjoyed himself at Oklahoma. Tony Mitchell, there's some news there as well. He just dropped his top five this week. Uh, Zachariah Owens, Madden Sanker about to drop a top 12. Um Going on and on down the list, the last three names I will spotlight. Tyler Williams, he visited. You're going to see a tweet from him in a minute. Hakeem Williams, he visited. You're going to see a tweet from him in a minute. And Richard Young, the nation's number one running back. I think Georgia is really in the steel cage match there with Alabama and Ohio State and Florida there for Richard Young. But he just had another great uh, visit to Athens. Offensive tackle, wide receiver, running back. And outside linebackers are the priorities in the 2023 class. Georgia's the number four class in the country right now. Seven commitments, five offense, two defense. Um, there are four top 100 commits. Four of the top five highest rated commits in this 2023 class so far are all offensive players. I think this is what the counterpoint has to be after Georgia got scattered, smothered, covered, capped, chunked, diced, and smothered with uh, elite defensive players in the 2022 signing class. Georgia has 204 offers for, so far. They have given out six over the last week. One is an athlete, two cornerbacks, two linebackers, and one defensive lineman. If, folks, if you look at a lot of those numbers that are not changing, that is usually a tell that Georgia has a group of players that they like, that are good enough, that have committable offers, and they don't need to offer any more players. That's just something you see year in and out, year out with recruiting. Folks, those are your top targets. I've got some tweets to share with you right now. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the program today so far with Jamari Salyer. Just joining us. Folks, go back. Go back and watch that. That's, that's the good stuff. That is the Robin Williams goodwill hunting good stuff uh, with a great communicator, a great young man, and uh, a fella that's just – what everybody wants to see in a um, college athlete, future professional football player that deserves and earns and deserves all the blessings that are coming his way. Um, first one I want to show you guys, let's look at this tweet from Jonel Aguero. Uh, a lot of ties right there to um, Lewis Seen. They come from the same state of Massachusetts. Janelle admires his game. Janelle has gotten to meet Lewis Seen when he's came to Georgia for visits there. Vic Burley, we mentioned earlier, Vic Burley establishes top 12. Georgia's in there. I think Georgia's a definite contender in there. I think Clemson is a team to watch there as well. 
Tony Mitchell dropped his top five recently. Georgia made the top five. Oregon made the top five. Alabama made the top five. Texas A&M and Florida made the top five. For Tony Mitchell, a guy that I think is probably more of a money, more of a star, more of a safety type than where he's ranked right now as a pure cornerback. I think he's going to play a lot over the back end somewhere. Uh, Tony Mitchell also just announced or was reportedly has been saying that Florida was his leader coming out of his recent visit to Florida. He did also visit Georgia recently as well. Um, Hakeem Williams, I want you to look at this tweet right here. You want to talk about a young man. Opinions will vary, but the red helmet, the black pants, the white, that works for me. Um, maybe because I got a, a young son that plays a lot of Madden that likes to watch, that likes to uh, get me on the sticks with him and likes to uh, change up and use all those color rush jerseys. I like the elements that George is starting to bring into the color palette uh, through Nike uh, to their jerseys. What do you guys think about that? A couple more tweets. Tyler Williams here is out of Florida, out of Lakeland, Florida. Um, big priority for Georgia in the 2022 class, a big six foot five receiver, uh, former high school quarterback. Ty Williams is out of South Florida. He's got that South Florida speed. He had a great visit to Georgia this weekend. He was already really tight and really connected to BMAC already from when BMAC was at Miami and in Oregon. And I think Georgia is in an enviable position right now. I think Georgia and Clemson are the teams to watch there. And you want to know how well that visit went, the mama tweet. You know, follow the visits. That's a mantra. That's one of our a commandments here on Before the Hedges. Follow the visits. Um, follow the follows on social media, but you should also follow what mom tweets and what mom says. And I think Tyler Williams's mom makes it pretty clear that they will definitely be back and they loved everything they saw at Georgia uh, this past weekend. Some more recruiting news to share as I'm trying to hurry this thing up and go tempo, go NASCAR. Uh, there will be an announcement on Friday. Uh, LT Overton will make his uh, decision, the five-star from 2023, who became a five-star from 2022. He just visited Texas A&M, a school that many thought was the leader most of the stretch of his recruitment. Um, he also visited Oregon. He visited Georgia. Those three schools in really about a two-week, 10-day period. Um, he's going to make his announcement during halftime of the Geico uh, High School National Basketball Tournament. Uh, it was interesting that he did not make the time for official visits to Ohio State or Oklahoma. His dad played at Oklahoma. Ohio State also, uh, when you take three official visits right before a decision among your top five and you never take an official to the other two and you're condensing the timeline, it certainly leads me to believe that this is a final three and not a top five for LT Lebius Overton out of Milton High School. Um, I would say right there that I think Oregon and Texas A&M would be the major contenders there for um, – LT Overton, especially right now at this time. Folks, that's been Before the Hedges. It's been After the Hedges with Jamari Salyer. Uh, Johnny Webster, I am ready for the Masters next week. That's always a special time. I grew up as a Cub reporter in Augusta, Georgia, working for the Augusta Chronicle, covering the Masters. It was one of the highlights of my professional reporting career. I've attended and covered five Masters. Philip Jordan Wells, thank you for the kind words there. Um, Thomas Doe, Thomas Dew, uh, my answer to that question is yes. Um, Antoine Simpson, uh, Alan Verbonic has a take about the offensive line and will be offensive line will be better. 
Uh, Kirby's Visor, thank you for that as well. Folks, if you've liked this program, if this is as the type of stuff you've enjoyed, this type of interview, this type of really cool Dog Nation conversation with Jamari, uh, things like that. Hit that like button. Tell people about it. Share it across your timeline because all we want to do is keep doing what we're doing. We thank you so much for everything you guys do, for supporting us, for supporting Kroger, which allows a fellow like me to be humbly and thankfully be able to do this stuff for a living. Uh, very grateful to do what I do and very grateful for each and every one of you guys out there as well. Let's say thanks to everybody. Uh, let's say thanks to everybody for joining us tonight, taking some time to chat with us and sit down with Jamari and talk about Georgia football recruiting. Um, Brandon Adams is in the morning. Uh, Dog Nation Daily. Catch him for his first and 15 at 945. It's always the best of what we have to offer every day on Dog Nation. Brandon's show, uh, he does a marvelous job of connecting with each and every one of you guys and feeding all the mouse with all the content and all the uh, talking points about all things Georgia athletics each and every day. Uh, think about that Dog Nation cruise, guys. If you guys remember the video from last week, I had Jeff flying through the air in a zip line. I'd love to do some of that stuff with some of you guys as well. Hang out, enjoy ourselves on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Whew. Guys, that's been a show. It's been my pleasure to be your host tonight on another edition of After the Hedges, Before the Hedges. Thankful to be able to be with all you guys tonight. Uh, that's your intel. I'm Jeff Sintel. Be well, everybody. And we'll see you guys again on the pages of dognation.com. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So George, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle. 